and then we're good to go. Oh, good. Oh, well, that's great. That's super easy. Super easy. Oh, well, that's good. So, yeah, so we'll just talk for a few minutes. And so it's for a story, um, where it's, uh, we, we've got a couple planned, actually, at the Detroit News. Yeah, the main one's about Tim. So that's the main thing. And uh, it's part of a podcast, so I'll record it and I'll edit things. And if you have any questions or, um, you know, if I stumble, that's fine. But if you have anything, you say, hey, Mark, uh, you know, that's, that's, let me think about that. So it's not live, basically, is what I'm saying. So, yeah. So that's good no, but, there. Yeah. yeah. But I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, whatever. that's great. Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that. And um, now the pronunciation, Jason said, just call, just call Maritz Mo. But is it, is it Maritz or Maritz, or does it matter? It doesn't matter at all. I mean, 90% of the people in the States actually call me Mo, so I'm pretty used to that. Um, and in the end, it's what, what you ever uh, prefer, so I'm, I'm open to everything, to You're be honest. You're open to everything. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. So so there's that. So Yeah, Maritz, and then maybe just Mo. Okay, that, if most people call you that over here, that's good, so... Okay, well, let's just get started. Like I said, we'll just stop and start, and um, I'll be talking to Tim probably tomorrow, so I'll follow up. It's mainly a, a draft, you know, preview. We've talked to Byfield, a friend here. Um, we did Drysdale the other day, um, just like most of uh, the outlets, and this will be on Tim. And then what's really cool, um, Mo, is we're doing a story on German hockey, and I, I might mention it briefly in our conversation, but um, going way, way back, the, the father of German hockey was actually here from Michigan. So like you've lived in Grand Rapids. This guy, um, I'm getting in touch with his son, who's also a doctor. But this Michigan doctor went over to Germany in Dresden around the turn of the century, so 1907, and I'm a Canadian, this Michigan guy, he went to school in Brantford and Toronto to become a dentist and then went to Dresden and he brought over a hockey sticks and he, he's considered the father of German hockey. So we're going to do a little story on that, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And so we're just trying to contact his, his son is like, he might be in his nineties and I talked to his daughter and she thinks that he's well enough to talk to us, but. Um, yeah, just a little bit of history there that somebody right here in the Michigan area has a, a, a link to German hockey. So, okay, let's go then in three, two, one. Joining us now is Moritz Seider to talk about the new wave of German hockey players and the success of the Mannheim Eagles, including 2020 top NHL prospect Tim Stutzel. Maritz, Mo, welcome to the podcast. Let's begin with your friendship with Tim. How far back do you guys go, and what do you make of his development? Hey, first of all, I hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, he's an unbelievable kid. I mean, uh, I think he showed the whole world what, what he has in his toolbox this season. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just there on his side, uh, supporting him every day. Um, we text each other um, a lot, so um, we we've been in contact for for a while now. And I mean, yeah, he's a great kid. He's always humble, always friendly, um, always one of the last leaving the locker room like me. So 
and we have a really deep connection and uh yeah i mean he has a bright future for sure it certainly sounds that way uh mo you're 19 he's 18 so he's a year younger than you did you guys play a lot um in the german system before you played for like the world under 20s did you guys play against each other how often was it was was that one year a big difference um growing up i mean he was a little bit more in the west i was playing in the east um then uh, four years ago i moved to man i'm playing there under 16 there mm -hmm. and one one or two years later he came there too and we joined the, the under 19 team for uh one year i played with him there one year and then uh, i mean every single national game uh was probably uh him and i together so uh um we had a couple couple games with the same jersey for sure mm -hmm. and uh, it was always fun and uh yeah i mean there's there's a little bit of age uh difference but i mean well, once he's on the ice you you won't feel the difference he's so mature and uh, so calm under pressure so uh, he's pretty mature for his age i would say mo tell us a bit about his game tim's game how you've seen it evolve he's a forward he's a winger he had 34 points in 41 games he was the rookie of the year in the uh in the in your league as well um tell us a bit about though what kind of uh skater from what you yeah tell us a little bit about his game yeah i mean he's he's an awesome playmaker i would say mm -hmm. he's uh he's a yeah i would say he's not a shooter not a not an elite sniper but i mean that's not his job he's he's doing a lot more assists and goals and he will add the he will add the goals to his game too but first of all he's a guy who can see the ice in an unbelievable uh way i mean there's not many people who can who can who can see that ice so well like him and make make plays nobody's expecting and um i think really really important part of his game is uh, leading the power play um on the playmaker side he's making unbelievable plays there um reading the opponents very very well and uh, i think one of the biggest advantages in his game is he's, he's not taking uh, any second off he's he's always uh always driving always forechecking always even even throwing bodies around and um yeah i think that that's what makes him special i think um he's he's one of the one of the best germans so far i would say we had in the german league in his age so um yeah i mean great player um but but also a, a very unique person too well that's that's really interesting well that's yeah that's really observant of you that he has this humility he works hard he doesn't take shifts off he said he's more of a playmaker can you talk a bit about though being uh, a young player? Both of you um, maybe had options to to play elsewhere um, when you guys were um, uh, you were drafted by the Owen Sound Attack and the Seattle Thunderbirds of Tim's rights. Um, Leon Dreisaitl in the past he went to the Canadian Hockey League with the Prince Albert Raiders. I think he was averaging more well, like four or five points a game in the junior league that you played in for a couple of years, like you were saying. But can you talk a bit about what that decision was like? Maybe, well, certainly for yourself, but Tim followed in your footsteps as well to develop in the Dell League, which, you know, began 
you know, I believe like in 1994, the top league. Can you talk about that decision to play against uh, older players? Um, yeah, there was a, I mean, I had a couple options. Uh, mm -hmm. Also a big, big point in the past was uh, going to a university playing college hockey. And uh, we had a really big meeting with the, with the former management of, of the Adler Mannheim. Oh. And uh, a couple of years ago when my, when I, when I had the chance jumping into the team and playing some, playing some games um, when I was 16. So um, yeah, there was a, was a big, big discussion going on but all in all I think it's exactly that one point playing against older experienced mature players um, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's that's the key point where I decided I wanted to play uh, professional hockey and uh, playing pro hockey and I think that's that that was Tim decisions too and yeah I mean I think it's a great organization. Uh, we were very, very lucky having having coaches that trusted us and uh, a management that always supported us. And even even if they, even if Tim or I did a mistake, uh, they they put it out. Uh, they put us out again. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, I mean that was. I mean that's great um, for development. And I think uh, that's why uh, German hockey is going in the right direction because in the past it wasn't that usual. Uh, seeing that many young guys uh, in the league, especially Germans, um, getting trusts from their coaches and especially getting uh, important situation ice time. I think that's being, being part on a team is one thing, but uh, being on the ice in key moments and uh, having the opportunity playing the power play or playing in the PK uh, yeah. is, is, is another thing. So um, that, that I have to say it's a, huge credit to to the whole organization and man i think they're doing a really really good job there what was that typical day like uh with the Mannheim eagles um i understand you guys would, would would be busy like six days a week you might have mondays off but mo maybe you could talk a bit about like what you and and tim have gone through and the strengths of this Mannheim uh program you won a championship there um, snapping like a three-year uh, victory total for um, uh, yeah. So can you can you talk a bit about um, what a typical day was like and how Mannheim is able to develop some of these qualities in in some of the young players now? I mean, uh, first of all, we have a great coaching staff. Um, mm -hmm. We have uh, a very unique. Uh, Skilled coach, I would say, with Perti Hassan, and he was he was a former uh, devil, um, with the Devils organization, and worked there for a long time. And he came over to us, and he was there especially for the young guys and the injured injured guys. And we were skating uh, before before practice, uh, after practice with him, 25, 30 minutes, just one on one sessions, maybe maybe two or three guys, and then uh, that was a, a really big game changer, I would say for for my uh, rookie season in the DL. And um, yeah, I would say a usual day or a regular day would be like, we would meet at the ring probably 8.30, 8.45, have our first meeting at 9, 9.15. Um, then we would go out and do our, do our workouts, um, get our 
get off squats or whatever in and uh, then be on the ice probably for an hour an hour a half um then getting getting a quick lunch hurrying up um then heading heading into school um doing school for another four hours and then uh, getting home around four four thirty um four forty five and that was a that was a regular day and uh, for for a young kid like him and i uh, or like him and me it was was a lot but uh, i mean you always wanna you always wanna have uh, a degree too um for for your for your later career so that that was that was an important part too i would say now it's interesting though because now other uh young um hockey players and and athletes uh, many who of course might be still interested in soccer i think uh germany has won at least four world cups and it's still of course the most popular sport but um who were some of your idols or watching? Because you didn't necessarily have this model when you were growing up. Um, when I worked at the Windsor Star, I was the sports editor for 22 years. Uh, Tom Kuhnhockel played for the Spitfires, and his dad, Eric, was named like the top player of the 20th century. He played for like five uh, Olympic teams with Germany. They won, a, I believe, a bronze medal in the 1976 Games. Um, but who would have been some of the um, people that you either looked up to or knew the names of? Because again, you didn't really have this this system where you saw like a real clear path. Yeah, exactly. I mean, growing up, um, yeah, I, it was more my hometown when where where I learned playing hockey. There were my idols. I mean, there, it was just a third league uh, club, sure. but I mean. Um, that was fantastic for me, and uh, I was I was watching every single game there, and uh, they were my idols. And we're still in contact. Actually, we text each other here and there. Yeah. I mean, they're still they're, they're they're still I mean, grown men. They're having families, but they're all interesting in 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 my in myself and in my way. So um, yeah, I mean, but growing up, I would say one of my biggest idols was uh, Scott Niedermeyer. I think. Uh, he changed the game of his ability to skate. Um, yeah, one of the one of the more modern uh, defensemen who can who can carry a puck end to end, or who can make a great first pass, joining the rush and, and then leading into offense. Um, I would say he was one of the one of the key guys from for me. Now, um, earlier on in the conversation, Mo, you talked about uh, you and Tim being in separate regions of of the country. And uh, eventually you guys got together, but it's almost universal that a lot of hockey players, no matter what country, uh, have to move away at a young age. Uh, Tim has said that you know, he's, he's been away from his family off and on for like three years. Um, you've told the story too, that your parents moved uh, from, from your hometown to Mannheim to allow you to play. So could you talk a bit about the sacrifices that your families have made in order for you guys to get this training, which again, it's almost universal. Wayne Gretzky moved away when he was young, 13, 14 years old, and, and so have you guys. Um, yeah, I think in the end, uh, as sadly as is, but I think it's part of the part of the development. Um, when you want to get a better hockey player, you have to get to a bigger organization with uh, more opportunities. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, growing up, I think it doesn't even matter where you start playing. 
just about feeling the ice, um, getting some touches in, having fun. Um, and the more professional it gets, I think, uh, yeah, the, the, the better the organization has to be, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, my family quit their whole lives um, back then and quit their jobs. We, we quit our, our rent from our, from our lease and we, we moved on to, to a whole another city. Mm-hmm. And leaving my grandparents in in the other part of Germany, and um, yeah, it was a huge, huge step for my whole family. But everything worked out perfectly. I mean, nobody could see that coming. But now we're settled in here in Mannheim, and everyone is happy. They're having great jobs. We have a really nice, um, a really nice house here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, everything is is doing is doing really, really good here. So. Um, of course, there are some sacrifices you have to you have to yeah take, and but in the end, I mean, if you if your kid is happy, I think that's the only that's the only thing that matters for for parents. Bo, looking at some of the uh, the number of registered hockey players around the world, uh, Germany has only twenty one thousand hockey players that are registered, um, which ranks ninth in the world. Uh, Canada has 621,000, the U.S. 567,000, then the Czech Republic 121,000, Russia 112, Finland 64, Sweden 55, Switzerland 27, France 21, 667, and then Germany 21,340. I'm just wondering though what your thoughts are. Is there a style of German hockey? Like there's so few players that actually play compared to say some of the bigger nations. Do you have any thoughts on, on certainly the game is growing and you and Tim are part of the wave of new players with new opportunities. And there have been a lot of good uh, NHL players in the past. I just wonder what your thoughts are in general, um, because whether you guys like it or not, and I know Tim has said you guys are sort of ambassadors for the game and you're teaching a lot of us about what, what it's like in, in that German hockey system. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously growing up, I think everyone uh, touched at least one soccer ball. Um, I mean, it's still it's still like that. Um, yeah, growing up, I think everyone is watching soccer uh, all over Germany. It's still uh, sport number one. And I think that's that's that might be the only reason. Um, maybe another big factor uh, could be money-wise too. I mean, hockey is a very, very mm. expensive sport comparing to other um sports you can you you can do um all year so uh, i think that's that's a big part too i mean uh, my parents uh, i mean i don't want to even think about how much money they're just blowing in the wind for for sticks and uh, and skates every single year so um i think that could be a, that could be a big reason too and uh, yeah i mean nowadays i think uh, the recent or the latest the latest achievements from german hockey are remarkable and uh, and the whole the whole german hockey wave is regenerated i would say and a lot more kids are interested in playing hockey uh, yeah. nowadays um than than it was before what would you tell young kids as well like now that you guys are are gaining some notoriety and and you're doing these type of interviews what would you tell uh somebody who uh like you said has touched a soccer ball the game's a little bit expensive, but it sounds like the German hockey system, there have been some initiatives 
in the early 2000s, just as you were, you know, just starting to skate and learning how to play. But what would you tell? Like, uh, I'm sure you've, you've met up and you've been asked to talk to people either with the Mannheim, you know, hockey organization. But what would you tell them when they're making decisions about, uh, about playing sports? First of all, it's always nice uh, having opportunity playing a team sport. Um, it's yeah. always, in my opinion, way nicer uh, than, than doing a single sport um, where you have to, I don't know, motivate yourself or push yourself to the limits to be a better athlete. And uh, it's, a, it's a unique feeling having skates, skates on. And uh, I mean, that's, that's not it. And you have, combining to that, you have a stick in your hand and you have to touch a puck and hit a, hit a net. And uh, there's so many com, com parts of the game that you have to have to realize that it's so uh, so unique so I think there's nothing even close that that you can relate to hockey so that makes it so special and I think that's why more and more people are interesting in, in playing hockey and first of all it's just about having fun um, learning learning about the history I think of hockey is also nice and uh, really important is making making new connection with friends I mean uh, I think the hockey business is is very special and probably a lot different than than other sports because uh, once you once you be once you're part of a of a team I think you you your that that friendship will will mm. hold forever and uh, you will always text each other in in very important moments uh, I don't know when you when you're getting married uh, I would probably think the whole team will uh, will send you congratulations I think and that's what that what makes hockey um, for me the the most in, interesting and, and most fun sport in the world. Mo, what do you uh, know about uh, the history of German hockey? I I told you before we started talking about a story we're doing that the father of German hockey, ironically, was from Michigan, a dentist, a Dr. Charles George Hartley. He came to Dresden in 1907. He um, he went to school in Canada, in Brantford and Toronto, and he, he asked some of his Toronto friends to, to bring over some sticks and some pucks. And by 1910, um, uh, Mr. Dr. Hartley played in the 1910 European Championships. Uh, Germany won a silver medal, and he went on to the German Hockey Hall of Fame, a very humble, modest gentleman by all accounts. I think he left the country in 1917 and came back in the 1930s. Uh, we mentioned Tom Kuhnhockel's dad, who you know, was named the top German hockey player in the 20th century. Anything else that you'd know about German hockey? Like you said, you just started playing the game and before you knew it, you, know, you were with Mannheim. But is there, a, you know, is there a style of play? Like at the Olympics, Mo, apparently, you know, the team, it was an older team that won the silver medal in 2018 in South Korea. Uh, they were known for their defensive style of hockey, for example. Um, but could you even label the type of hockey or what you do know about, you know, how the games developed in your country? Um, I would say back in the day, I mean, it was always about playing, playing hard and, yeah. and tough and tough hockey um it was more about uh, fighting each other i would say that would more that would be more common in the past and i think but it's still fun learning learning from old people when they when they went out on a 
I don't know, a frozen river or a frozen lake and just played there for hours and hours. And it's still, that's still uh, cool to hear about that. And I mean, nowadays the game has changed so much. I mean, it's all about being professional. Um, you have to be, you have to be in yeah perfect shape every, every single season you can take off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's, that's what changed the most. I think how, how professional everything is and how many, how many coaches you have nowadays, how many, uh, I don't know, off ice coaches, you have uh, nutrition's nutrition stuff um you have i don't know skill coaches you have uh, a guy who can teach you how to shoot properly and i think back in the day if you if you had the talent uh you you would be one of the you would be one of the best guys and if you if you would come with more work you would still earn a spot but nowadays you have to be uh so good in everything and i think that's that's what changed the most mm-hmm Earlier on, you talked about skill development um, uh, as a rookie with Mannheim. And you mentioned, I didn't catch the name of that uh, former NHL player who worked with you after practice. What was his name again, Mo? Uh, his name is Perti Hassanen. Um, he, was, he was in the uh, New Jersey Devils organization for a long time. Uh, he was a yeah. skill coach. And uh, yeah, he came over to Mannheim um, last season. And it was it was fun being around him. I mean, he's an older guy. We always called him our our grandpa um, <laughs> because he was so humble. He was so friendly all the time, and he he was always laughing, smiling. And uh, yeah, he was there for he was there for us in the key moments. I mean, he uh, showed us how to how to I don't know maybe just make a little little turn a little better and uh, beat beat your forward or your defenseman one-on-one and uh, I think that was a key part of our success last season too. Yeah you know Mo you talk about maybe former players coming back and certainly in the USA hockey system and uh, they've had a lot of former players come back and teach and then and then their sons and and daughters have played the, the game as well so it sounds like that's another aspect of German hockey now that you have players coming back which leads me to one of the more interesting aspects I found about European hockey. For example, in Sweden, it's much like your uh, situation in Germany, that players that we met here in Plymouth, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz, they're playing against older players this past year. They might have limited minutes. I think in your first year, you started off at around six minutes a game and then was up to 16, 20 minutes as you progressed. But what's interesting is that, you know, players like Raymond and Holtz, they could dominate in a different league, but they either select, they choose to play with older players. And I don't know if, if our listeners know, like Tim's line mates were older this year. He had 31-year-old Ben Smith, who won a cup with the Blackhawks, and 32-year-old Tommy Hutala of Finland. And Mo, you played with a couple of older players, uh, a legend, 38-year-old Michael Wolf. He scored 327 goals in 14 years. And your 34-year-old goalie, Danny Osdenbergen, led Germany to that silver medal in the Olympics. So could you talk a bit about the role that these uh, gentlemen have, have these older players who teach young players? And that's not something that's done like here in the OHL, Quinton Byfield plays with uh, for the Sudbury Wolves with players between the ages of 15 and 20. And every system is good and has its benefits. 
But what's it like when you were playing with uh, someone like Michael Wolf and your goaltender and, and all that knowledge? What, what, was that, what was that like, Mo? It was a great experience, first of all. I mean, you're very honored and pleased to learn from those guys. And, I mean, they achieved some, so many things. And, and you're just proud to be around them. And you can learn a lot of things just with the daily, with the daily work. And, um, yeah, I mean, um, Tim had great teammates this season for sure. Um, Ben, I mean, I know him now a little bit too. I mean, I won with him a championship last season. And, um, yeah, he's, he's an awesome, awesome dude. Um, great, great character yeah. off the ice too. And, uh, first of all, a great player too. I mean, there's, there, there's a reason why he's on, a, on so many, uh, yeah, successful teams now in his career. I mean, he won a cup with Chicago. Yeah, he won a cup uh, with the Toronto Marlies, um, twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. I think twenty eighteen maybe. And uh, then he won a cup with us. So um, yeah, an awesome guy and and, and leader in, in every single situation. And then you have a power forward with Tommy Hutala. I think who who was always grinding, always always working hard but also has uh, the the perfect amount of skill to get around defensemen uh, making making great plays and um yeah i mean he had a he had a great opportunity jumping into that that line um and getting getting a lot of minutes it was a little bit different com comparing to myself last year mm -hmm. um but um, all in all, I mean, he's doing a great job or he did a great job this season and, and earned his rankings, I think. Um, yeah, and overall a great season for him. You know, Mo, you, you touched on a number of things. You know, Tim's playing with like Ben Smith with all these uh, attributes and characteristics. But it's certainly come up in your conversation and certainly with Tim, too, about respect and honor. And, and you get that, not that you don't feel that way, you know, among your teammates or your own age, but there is a different dynamic there because, you know, these are, these are uh, players, some have young families. It's almost like you're, you're learning what it's like, like when you're in Grand Rapids and as you're trying to move up into the system, um, you are sort of being introduced to, to what it's like to be maybe not a pro, but to get along with different people, different age groups, and what what are your thoughts about that? When when you're playing with with people that are they're not quite as old, obviously, as your parents or anything, but they're certainly like significantly older. Yeah, for sure, and um, yeah, it's a it's a fun experience. I mean, Good. Um, because it's not only it's not only on the ice. I mean, you get to know them as a person too. And you have a chance to meet their family and you have the chance to meet their, their great kids and play with them in the garden here and there. And um, I think that's, that, that was for me the, the, the most fun and the, most, uh, the, the coolest thing of the, the whole season last year besides winning, winning that championship. But also just to get along each other and off the ice and spend some quality time with their families and get to know them. And uh, I think that's, yeah, that that's probably the biggest difference playing junior hockey, being in a Bill of family, and, and now you have a chance being on your own for the first time, and you have great teammates who can take really good care of you, and uh, 
teach you how how to cook, teach you how to wash laundry, and uh, that that are significantly um, things that you need to learn and uh, in a, in, a, in a really good way and for your future life. So uh, yeah, I mean you're always honored and 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 very thankful to to meet these people. You talked a bit about Tim's ranking, and um, he was the top-ranked European player. Uh, certainly, maybe in the top three. If the uh, Red Wings drop out of the top two positions, where Lafreniere and Byfield are there, uh, he could wind up in Detroit with you. He could wind up in a lot of different places. Uh, Jamie Drysdale's ranked up there. The goaltender Askarov, maybe even Raymond from Sweden. But uh, what what are your what advice have you given so far to Tim then, Mo, about this process of the interview process? A lot of teams are, are you know, checking in with Tim. And um, on one hand, he's very, uh, very blessed and very fortunate to have this opportunity. But what, what kind of advice have you given him this uh, preparing for the draft? The only advice that I've given him that I learned in the past from all the other players who've been through that process is just be yourself and Good. everything will go the right way. And that's how simple it is. But I think that, that that's a key point. And, uh, and yeah, all in all, he should just enjoy it. I mean, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and I am not taking anything uh, from him. So he should just experience this with, with his whole family and, uh, yeah, and uh, just enjoy it because it's it's so unique and so special that moment. So there's nothing I should I should tell him before, and he should just experience everything on his own because he's a great guy and he will he will he will love it for sure. Absolutely. Now, when you were selected in Vancouver, and uh, there's a TV footage of how you were surprised too going six overall. Where was Tim at that time? Was he in Vancouver? Was he back home? Uh, how quickly did you get in touch with him once you were selected by the Red Wings, Mo? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a huge surprise for myself, for sure. But, uh, yeah, um, my phone wasn't standing still for at least, I don't know, three, four hours. And the crazy thing was, I mean, it was, I don't know, maybe 9, 10 p.m. in Vancouver. So that's that's about 5, 6 a.m. In, in Germany. And everyone was uh, shooting me a text and sending me congratulations. And Tim was, well, one of the first guys, too. So um, I was very, very thankful for that. And, um, yeah, I mean, he will, he will, hopefully he will have a great draft. But, I mean... I mean, he has to prepare for, for maybe an online draft too. So that would be very, very sad, in my opinion, because it's so nice walking into that stadium, um, feeling the great atmosphere in there and having your own seat with your name tag on. That's mm -hmm. a very, very special feeling. Yeah, it will be different. In fact, Mo, you may have seen there was a proposal when the Board of Governors meeting that um, that there, the draft may happen in June before the season might resume. And that's just a proposal, and it probably won't happen, but it has been discussed. Um, in fact, uh, the deputy commissioner, Bill Daly, confirmed that they had thought about maybe having the draft in June. So it would be different, you're right, and he wouldn't have that um, – you know, that opportunity like you did. But these are difficult times right now, aren't they? How, how are you handling it? And 
you've been in touch with Tim and Tim's talked about just working out and doing the best he can to stay ready when the, the when play eventually does resume. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm back home in Germany now and um, have opportunity to train with, with my old team here and uh, see all those all those guys again. And uh, Tim is here too, so we're actually in the same uh, group um, of players who train together. I mean, we have to only be in groups of two or three people. I mean, it's very, very strict. So, um, yeah, but all in all, it's, uh, it's fun to be around right now. Uh, the Manham organization again and have a chance to work out there and uh, stay fit and healthy. Now, it's unlikely, and normally you probably wouldn't even discuss this, the two of you, but there is a chance that he could be drafted by the Red Wings, and then he might have the same uh, choice to make as well. Does he come back for another year, or uh, or does he go to uh, or does he go to Grand Rapids? And that's an organization decision and everything, but have you thought about the fact that, you know, there could be, you know, two German-born players uh, together? Is that something you even thought about, that the two of you could be in the Red Wings organization? I mean, um, obviously, it's, uh, it, would be, it would be a fun thing. And it would be very, very cool to have him uh, in the same organization. As a player of the organization, we, are, we would be, I think, really, really proud to, uh, to select a player like him. I mean. I think that's exactly what we need in the future too. Um, but there are also great other um, yeah, prospects in the draft. And I mean, other people have to make that decision. But I would be uh, one of the first uh, guys who would uh, yeah, be happy to, to have him in our, in our team and uh, put that wing wheel on. Yeah, that's, that's a really good answer there. That's good because you're right. There's so many ways... The wings can go. Uh, Tim may be off the board by the time they, by the time they select. So that's good too. So, all right. Well, I appreciate your time so far. I do want to just ask you just a couple uh, of thoughts about, um, you know, the American Hockey League season. You know, we see the stats: two goals, twenty assists, a twenty-two penalty, a twenty-two points um, in in uh, forty-nine games, minus five, twenty-eight penalty minutes. Uh, a lot of Red Wing fans saw you at first in the, uh, you know, the, the rookie tournament. And one of your first shifts, your first games, you were up against Kirby Doc, who took a run at you, and you guys went back and forth. And uh, some people are surprised just how physical your game is, but you've, you've played that way all the time. And you've been able to uh, play more time on the power play with Grand Rapids. Um, you, you've learned under Ben Simon and Mike Knubel and others in that organization. Do you have any overall thoughts, Mo, about uh, what's happened so far? You've had just the one injury, but you've been pretty healthy. Um, you know, learning the speed of the game, uh, the smaller ranks. Uh, what, what are some of your thoughts about that uh, transition to uh, to playing over here and really in a, in a new country, different culture, and uh, yeah, trying to figure everything out? Um, all in all, it was a great, great rookie season, in my opinion. Um, started off a little bit struggling with the with the with the whole yeah whole thing over there. I mean, it wasn't easy for me going away from home for the first time and uh, stepping on a small ice, uh, being being part of a way more physical league than than it is in Europe. I'm a little bit faster 
uh, a little bit faster too, I think. Um, but all all in all, um, I was adjusting quick. Um, yeah, I was very very happy and thankful for getting getting important minutes. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, I would say the World Juniors gave me a huge push of my level of confidence and the way I played uh, offensively. And coming back from that, I mean, I played almost um, 27 to, to 29 minutes a game. And um, yeah, averaging the, the most uh, ice of the team as the youngest guy on, on the team. So um, that was great for myself. And I was, uh, yeah, very happy to get that opportunity. That's always what you're aiming for, um, being out there in key moments in important situations. And, um, yeah, it was great for me, especially leading the team and, um, yeah, on, on, on the point with the, with the blue line on uh, the power play and, yeah, getting, getting some confidence there. And, uh, yeah, I was really, really happy with my season. Now, a lot of uh, uh, people up here in Detroit uh, consistently ask, like, when is, uh, um, when is uh, Moritz Sider going to be playing up in Detroit? I'm sure that's something that'll happen uh, when it happens. But when you look at, when you look forward, how, how important is that as a, as a milestone? Obviously you want to, you want to make the team moving forward, either uh, a resumption of play uh, in the American hockey league and then a, a new training camp. But what are your thoughts about um, uh, taking the next step? Mo? What, what's important to you? Uh, what, what are your thoughts in general about, um, about your future in the organization once things get back up to normal? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a, I had a, yeah, my goal was playing, playing, uh, playing good in the American League for, for this season. And uh, I totally achieved that. Um, I was very happy there. And uh, going into next main camp, I mean, the goal should be clear. Uh, making, making the team, earning a spot on the roster, everything else would be, would be disappointed and for myself. So, um, yeah, I have my goal and I will work uh, um, very, very hard to, to get there and um, will not be, uh, there, will, there will be nobody who will uh, get, me, get, get me from that goal. Yeah, it's very clear. That's good. That's, that's a, you, you, that's, that can't be any clearer at all, that, what your thought process is. How important is it to have Steve Eiserman um, uh, you have a lot of people, obviously, in the organization from, you know, development coaches and like Sean Horakoff and a lot of people who are trying to help you through each step of the way. But how important was it for you, for Steve Eiserman? He went over to Germany, saw you play, you know, live and he got to, to, to know a little bit more about you. And uh, he certainly went off the board a little bit. A lot of us thought that, you know, um, and, and we don't know what he knows, but Dylan Cousins was available. and and Trevor Zegris and other forwards, but he knew the team needed a defenseman and, and he took a, a chance on you. But how important is that uh, for you, knowing that uh, your boss, the general manager of the team, um, has a, had a lot of faith in you to, to take you maybe a little bit earlier than a lot of people expected? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, um, all in all, I'm just happy to to represent the organization now. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, I don't I don't really care about anymore on on which position you got picked um, because in the end it's just a number, 
and um, from now on, I'm I'm very thankful for the whole organization. They, uh, yeah, they support me every day. Um, the development is going great so far. So uh, it's always nice having having an organization who's uh, who's got your back. So um, yeah, it's it's a great organization to be in, and uh, I'm very happy to represent uh, the whole organization uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's good. And you mentioned you, you probably do feel, Mo, that they have your back. You know, looking forward to that, you've got the World Junior Championships. You may not be, uh, be eligible to play that if, if you're with the Red Wings, of course, but it's also a possibility in uh, Edmonton and Red Deer next year. Tim will likely, of course, be playing there. Have you given any thought, and I looked this up, to playing with Tim um, there's so many factors here in the Olympics in 2022, the games will be in Beijing. The NHL of course has to have an agreement to play. There's so many other factors and, you know, I'm not sure if the German Federation would allow, I'm, I'm not sure of all the rules that would happen, but, um, have you even given the thought that you and Tim could represent your country in something like the Olympics? Uh, to be honest, not at all. I mean, I always want to re- represent my country for sure. Yeah. And I had the chance to do that last season. And uh, with the under-20 a couple of years before, with the under-18 and the under-20 as well. And last season with the with my first uh, with my first championship and uh, with the with the uh, with the men's and that was great, great. Yeah, it was just an awesome feeling. Uh, having having that German eagle on my on my chest and represent the country at the World Championships. So, um, I mean, obviously, it would be a cool thing to play in the Olympics one day, and uh, obviously, it's a, it would be a dream coming through a true event for myself. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, all in all, I think it's it would be it would be awesome to play that one. Uh, one more uh, under 20 tournament as well i mean i had a chance to play now uh, three tournaments already it would be would be a fun fact just to play that fourth um in in, in the state or in i mean in north america and in canada yeah because even if you do uh play with grand rapids next year you want to make the team but there's so many other factors um it sounds like you're ready for that you want to make the team that's another option well, I'm also wondering too. Like you were the captain of that team with a lot of really, you know, bright young players. We haven't really talked about John Jason, Paterka, and Lucas Reichel. They're also top candidates for the draft, along with with Tim. But do you kind of see your role evolving? Um, you're still only 19 years old, but you've been a captain. Uh, you and Tim are ambassadors for the the sport. You guys are learning under some really good pros. Um, you're representing the wing wheel, like you said. Do you get a sense that your game, that you might have that maturity to, to eventually maybe not become captain, but play a more prominent role? Because you, you, you seem to be growing into this, uh, into this uh, role of, of, of being a bit of a – taking on a leadership role. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always uh... – nice being being a leader out there and i think uh, i will learn uh how to be how to be an important leader on the ice i mean uh, that will that will come with with my age 
Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you. I think you'll be ready to be a really good leader. I don't know, with 23 to to 25, that's probably the range of age you should you should have to uh, to to be a really good leader and and everything. Um, but now it's just uh, try try to be a role model every day. Um, try to eat the proper way. Try to sleep in a proper way. Try. Um, to be a really good athlete on and off the ice and I think uh, yeah that that would be uh, maybe the reason I was I was captain with the under 20 tournament this year and uh, last mm. season too. And any final thoughts then about Tim German hockey you guys are um, you know uh, a, a part of this new wave of German hockey players you talked about the past and being respectful any final thoughts on on what's happening here with uh, there's so many different cultures so many different players from different countries now that are in the NHL and and now um you know Germany is playing a larger role it's always played a role in the NHL but um any any final thoughts about about um about your role and Tim's role in this in these new hockey players that are coming over and playing in the NHL um yeah i mean it would be cool um to have more germans uh, in the future in the nhl and playing the best league in the world mm -hmm. and uh, it will come i mean we will have we 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 have great great prospects uh great young guys who are getting uh important minutes in the dl and will earn their earn their way maybe to um, step into the American Hockey League and figure out the league or maybe have a chance to sign a deal with an NHL organization. So I think uh, Germany will have a bright future and um, all in all, I think it will be uh, interesting to watch uh, German hockey in the future. Yeah, and, and, uh, and well, we just want to thank you too for explaining a little bit about uh, German hockey, about your friend uh, Tim Stutzel. And uh, best of luck once the season gets back underway. And again, thanks again for spending some time with us on the podcast. Anytime. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Wish you all the best. Uh, stay healthy. Stay, stay safe. Yes, thanks. Thanks so much for your time, Mo. So great. So thanks again for your time. Is there anything else I need to know? I appreciate um, I'll, I'll. You know what I don't? Yeah, I'll get a hold of Tim. I have a cell number. So I'll probably just, uh, they told me just to send him a text and then I think I'll do the same thing is I'll send him, uh, uh, the, the link with, um, with, with zoom and then he could do the same thing as you did. That sounds like a good idea. So yeah, I think that's, that's really good. It'll work out well. Okay. Thanks again for setting aside some time for us today. And, uh, the story will be next week in the paper and the podcast and all that good stuff. We'll let the Mannheim people know because they're really proud of you guys, and, and they're, they've been very helpful as well to, to sort of put us in contact with you. So thanks again for your time, Mo. All right. Yeah, anytime. Thanks. Bye now.